So I want to return to what Keith was saying uh, for a little bit. If your life were a vehicle, what position would Jesus be in? I mean, I, what, what, what comes to your heart when I say that? If your life were a vehicle, what position would Jesus be in? Now, at one point, maybe you were that person that you had your foot on the gas, Jesus was standing outside, and you were headed the other way. But maybe you're not there anymore. Maybe you are on friendly terms with Jesus. You know, you pull up to the four-way, you see him at the custard stand, and you're like, hey, Jesus, we're good. We're on friendly terms. Maybe you're at a better place than that. Maybe when you see him on the side of the street, like you don't just keep going to where you were going. You like pull to a stop. You roll down your window and you're like, hey, what's up? And you got a little conversation thing going on. But the problem is, is that you have never invited him into your life. Now, listen to me. You can be sitting here right now and not have invited him into your life. You can be sitting here on a regular basis and not have invited him into your life. Jesus, uh, you know, again, you can talk to him. You can be on friendly terms and all that. But if he is not in your life, you will not spend eternity with him. And I'm not just talking about a free ticket out of hell and all that. That's not what God's after. God's after you. He wants to be in your life. And he's not going to, you know, suddenly jump into your car when you're not looking. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. You've got to open the door. Scripture says he stands at the door and knocks. You've got to open that door. He's not going to bust the window down. You've got to open that door and invite him in. But maybe you've done that. Maybe, uh, you know, maybe it was at a service or something like that. I don't know. And you invited him into your life. But after you invited him into your life, where did you place him? Because for some of us, we invited him into our life. We walked out of a service and we opened the trunk. And we said, get in. Now, we would never do that. I mean, you could never imagine that. But, but listen to me. If there is no semblance of Jesus in your Monday through Saturday, that's where Jesus is at. Jesus is in the trunk. If someone's in the trunk, does anybody know they're in your vehicle? No. You want to sneak somebody, you know, into a drive-thru or something like that, you put them in the trunk, okay? So is Jesus in the trunk? Do other people know that Jesus is in your life? If other people that you work with, that you hang out with, if, if somebody asks them about you and they wouldn't say, oh yeah, they follow Jesus, Jesus is in the trunk. But for some of you, it's better than that. You put Jesus in the back seat. Now in the back seat, people see Jesus, right? People would say Jesus is in your life. There's a semblance of him. People, people are seeing but is Jesus really giving you much direction? Nobody likes a backseat driver. If you're in the backseat, just keep it zipped, you know? Don't be hollering, don't be yelling, just keep quiet, you know? Is that where Jesus is at in your life? People see him. You know, you got the t-shirt, says Jesus. Maybe you got the bumper sticker, you know? Maybe you tell people, oh yeah, I go to that church over here. But Jesus isn't giving you any direction in your life. Now, maybe you're like me. I mean, as a pastor, I invited him into the front seat. And I let him sit 
beside me. And as someone who's sitting beside me, I allow him to give me directions. I'm, I'm really nice like that. You know, so he sits over there and, you know, he tells me things and gives me direction in my life. But guess what? I've got the steering wheel. I've got the steering wheel because I want the ability to say, I don't think that's right. Have you ever been misled by your GPS? I have, okay? I mean, uh, it's led me down some weird places before. I mean, I've been in, you know, these residential areas where I'm trying to go from, you know, one state to another. It's like, what are you doing? I, I mean, I've been in fields before. I'm like, what is going on here? Well, I have a little bit of mistrust for Jesus as well. I have a little bit of mistrust because sometimes he has led me places that I didn't want to go. And so I keep my hands on the wheel. But I want to tell you something. I've noticed lately he's been reaching. And I've been like, get back over there. I, I want the wheel. Uh, my wife and I, as some of you know, had just a tremendous vacation um, to celebrate our anniversary recently. It was just so good. I mean, we love our family. We love our kids. But to just have some time where it was just us, at first it was weird. It was like, what do we talk about? But after a while, you know, we, we, we got conversation going and, and we were just enjoying things and um, just remembering um, just the, the chemistry that God has given us. And it was, it was just all so good. And uh, we spent several nights, you know, up in the mountains and we went and saw these different sites. And I, I mean, it was just so unbelievably good. And then on the last day, uh, we had a flight to catch that night. And before the flight, I wanted to stop by and see my uh, aunt and uncle. Uh, this was my father's sister. And there's only uh, three siblings left out of ten. And so it was a rare opportunity to spend some time with my dad's family. And so we were going up through this mountain pass that had just been opened uh, last week. And we were going through snow. I mean, uh, not driving through it. It had been plowed, but it was right beside us. And we were were seeing all this beautiful scenery. I mean, it was just amazing. Uh, there weren't many cars out, and uh, I mean, the sun is shining, and that was one of the things I've heard about Washington is, you know, it's always raining. Like, it didn't rain. I mean, it was just, it was beautiful, and it wasn't too hot, and you know, it wasn't too cold. Like, if you got out, it was like you wanted a jacket or something, but you know, it was okay to go from, you know, your car to a building or something. I mean, it was, it was absolutely perfect. And we were out taking pictures, and Nikki would have me pull over these different places. And I mean, it was just, it was unbelievably picturesque. And so we went over this pass, and we're headed down, and we're going through these curves, you know, and there's a cliff on one side and a cliff on the other. And suddenly I come around this curve, and there's this rock about like this, and it's right in the middle of the lane, and there's nowhere to go. I straddle it, go right over, and the front of the car goes right over. But then by the time the back of the car got, I heard something go plonk. And I look in my mirror and I see, toof, toof, toof. and I'm like, uh-oh, please, Lord, please let everything be okay. But then I'm, I'm pressing down on the gas and nothing's happening. And I'm like, oh, no, 
oh no. And then suddenly I, I see this pull off. Thank the Lord. <laughs> There's this little pull out that because that, there was nowhere to go. But there was this God provided this pull out and I just coast and I'm coasting and thankfully there's nothing coming at me because I'm crossing traffic okay crossing lane and I just kind of pull in there and I, and I get out and I see the stream of liquid behind my vehicle and I look under and there's gas just pouring out I'm like oh no big deal get on your cell phone pull the cell phone out no service Hey, but Nikki's got a different carrier. Maybe she's got service. No service. Oh, what am I going to do? Well, thankfully, there was someone right there, and they came up, and at first they were annoyed where I was parked. I was like, I'm sorry, dude, I, my car's, I can't go anywhere. And then he offered to drive back to the next town to notify somebody we were there. And we were like, oh, okay, you know, thank you. And again, it's cold out, so we get back in the car, and we're sitting there. And I, I feel it start to rise. Oh my God, why'd you let this happen? And then I'm bouncing back and forth with, why did I let this happen? And several times I look at Nikki and I say, I'm so sorry. Because I take great pride in being observant of my surroundings and driving well and all that. I mean, I'm not one of those just la la la, you know, lollygaggers just, you know, looking at their phone and whatever. I mean, I am focused, okay? I know what's going on around me. I'm, it's all there. And that also made me mad because even with all of that, there was nothing I could do about this. And I was like, God, I had these plans and we got to catch this flight. And what are you doing? And I heard this little voice. Do you trust me? And at that moment, here's what Jesus is wanting to do. He's wanting to move from the passenger seat and he's saying, Kirk, will you let me take the wheel? I've been giving you directions, but you've been the one driving. You've been the one saying either yes or no to the directions I'm giving. Will you let me take the wheel? And that is to say, will you not get mad when things don't go your way? Will you just calm down and say, Jesus, what are you doing here? This wasn't my plan, but you've got a different plan. Do you hear what I'm saying? This is what it is to put Jesus in the driver's seat. Instead of mapping out your life and saying, I'm going this way, and when it doesn't happen, getting really mad, just saying, okay, God, you're in control. Even if you take me someplace I don't want to go, you're in control, your plans are good, I'm going to trust you. Well, God took care of us, and... Uh, my, uh, I, I, there was someone that came up and said, hey, I'm going to, you know, go call a tow truck. It's an hour away in the next town. And I said, hey, here's my aunt's number. Would you call them and let them know we're not going to be there? So they call them. And without us knowing, my aunt and uncle immediately take off and they come at us and they're two hours away and they just start driving. And uh, God just provided for it all. Uh, by the time the tow truck got us and got us to the town, my aunt and uncle there picked us up. I was able to make the flight. We got to spend all this time with them in the car. And it, it was all okay. God took 
care of it. But I'll tell you what, I've been in situations where God was taking care of it, but I wouldn't let him because I was so mad. And I would make the situation like really bad. Um, you know, in that situation, I, you know, I'm on an anniversary trip with my wife. I would have gotten really mad and we would have been really distant and I would have just, you know, it just would have been ugly. But instead, in the moment, I said, Jesus, this is yours. That's what the Lord is wanting to do in your life. Are you willing to do it? I want to look at a scripture this morning uh, of another person that was in this very situation. It's the book of Jonah. Um, some of you have heard it before. It's a very short book. There's only like four chapters, and most of the chapters have like ten verses. Like it is super short. Now, Jonah, like myself, was a messenger from, for the Lord. I mean, he was proud of following God. He let people know he was following God. He would speak messages for the Lord. But as you're going to find out, just like me, he had a problem with allowing God to take the will. But what he found out was this, and here's what you need to hear. <laughs> Even if you got your hands on the wheel, you're not actually driving. All you're doing is fighting him. He's the one who is actually in control. This whole uh, idea of you being in control, it's, it's a farce. <laughs> you're sitting there with your hands on the wheel. He is the one guiding the vehicle. And that's exactly what Jonah found out. In the book of Jonah, beginning chapter 1, I'm not going to read the entire book word for word, um, but I want to go through most of this first chapter here so that you hear what's going on. So again, this is a prophet of the Lord. In verse 1 it says, The Lord gave this message to Jonah, son of Amittai. Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh. Announce my judgment against it, because I have seen how wicked its people are. Now, in case you don't know, uh, Nineveh, uh, it was a wicked town. Not only was it wicked, but these were people who were enemies of Jonah and his people. So it would be like asking you to go share the message of Jesus with somebody who has been really cruel to some of your family members. I mean, can you imagine doing that? I mean, somebody who, you know, maybe uh, they... Uh, you know, fired one of your uh, family members without reason or something. Uh, you know, maybe they concocted some kind of scheme and, and, and cheated them out of some money. Whatever it is. I mean, think about that for a second. What if Jesus says to you, I want you to go share the good news. I want you to go tell them how much I love them and that I forgive them and I want them to come to me. You might be like, okay, God, if you want to do that, that's fine, but not me. I, I, I don't want to do this. Well, Jonah found himself in a similar position. Verse 3, But Jonah got up and went in the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. Remember what we talked about in the beginning? You got your foot on the gas, you're going in the opposite direction. He went down to the port of Joppa where he found a ship leaving for Tarshish. He bought a ticket and went on board hoping to escape from the Lord by sailing to Tarshish. Now, this is kind of like the ridiculous thing of, of putting him in the trunk. I mean, you can't actually get away from the Lord. <laughs> you ever found that out? Yeah, you, you can't. You can try. I mean, you can run, as, but guess what? He's already where you're going. 
And he's with you the whole time. You cannot get away from him. So what I'm saying is, just stop it. Just give in, okay? Just surrender. He's king. He's Lord. Whether he is of your life or not, that's who he is. And if you don't invite him in, the only thing that happens is you get judgment from him. You don't get to flee from him. It doesn't happen. You will answer to the Lord. And Jonah should have known this. But you know what? Jonah, like me, like you, he was fighting things in his heart and he was trying to run from the Lord. Verse 4, But the Lord hurled a powerful wind over the sea, causing a violent storm that threatened to break the ship apart. Fearing for their lives, the desperate sailors shouted to their gods for help and threw the cargo overboard to lighten the ship. I want you to notice that God is the one who brought this about. You may have a storm in your life, and guess what? It was brought by God. I mean, sometimes the enemy, you know, it's the enemy pursuing you and all that. Absolutely. But you know what? Sometimes, sometimes it's God. Why? Because you're running. You're running, and and he knows you're going to hurt yourself. (laughs) So he brings in a storm, and it looks bad, and you don't like it, and it's uncomfortable. But the reason it's there is so that you would turn to him. And as they are going to find out, and as you will find out, the sooner you turn to him, the quicker the storm's over. So just do it. But maybe you're like these guys. And you just want to hold on a little longer. Maybe, maybe the storm will pass if I just, you know, hold on a little longer. Verse 6, so the captain went down. I'm sorry, the last part of verse 5. But all this time, Jonah was sound asleep down in the hold. So the captain went down after him. How can you sleep at a time like this? He shouted, get up, pray to your God. Maybe he will pay attention to us and spare our lives. (laughs) This is kind of like the, there are no atheists in the foxhole kind of a thing, you know? I mean, uh, suddenly everybody's crying out to the Lord when uh, something bad happens. It doesn't mean that Jesus is in your life. Verse 7, Then the crew cast lots to see which of them had offended the gods and caused the terrible storm. When they did this, the lots identified Jonah as the culprit. Like God's pointing him out. He's pointing him out to everybody around him. Hey, it's Jonah. Verse 8, Why has this awful storm come down on us, they demanded? Who are you? What is your line of work? What country are you from? What's your nationality? Verse 9, Jonah answered, I'm a Hebrew and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the land. Jonah was not denying God. And you may be in that place. You're not denying God. You're just not doing what he's asking. You're wanting control of your life. And so God's bringing storms. Why? Because he wants the wheel. Verse 10, the sailors were terrified when they heard this. For he had already told them he was running away from the Lord. Oh, why did you do it? These guys aren't even believers. And they're like, what are you doing? This is not smart. Doesn't take a genius to figure it out. Verse 11, and since the storm was getting worse all the time, they asked him, what should we do to stop the storm? Notice verse 12, Jonah knows. He said, throw me into the sea and it will become calm again. I know that this terrible storm is all my fault. Some of you know exactly what to do. 
God, I mean, God has put it on your heart. You know it. You just don't want to do it. And I want you to hear this. I don't condemn you one bit because I'm the same guy. I, I mean, my life is a continual pattern of that. Sometimes I say yes to God, but not always. Uh, he, he asked me to do different things, things I've never done before. Maybe it's something I've done before and the result wasn't very good last time. And here he is again. I know what it is. But I'm finding that each time I let him have his way, he comes through. And it's so much better than fighting him. Never once has fighting him turned out well. Verse 13, instead the sailors rowed even harder. They don't want to do it to get to the ship to land, but the stormy sea was too violent for them. Have you ever been in a place like that? Like, you, 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 you're, you're almost to some land. I, if I just hold on, but God won't let it happen. It's like, until you obey Him, He's not going to let you find the safety that you're going for. Why? It's not because He doesn't love you. It's because He loves you. He's asking for your obedience. He knows it's needed. Verse 15, then the sailors picked Jonah up and threw him into the raging sea, and the storm stopped at once. The sailors were awestruck by the Lord's great power, and they offered him a sacrifice and vowed to serve him. Now the Lord had arranged for a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was inside the fish for three days and three nights. Now here's something else I want you to hear. God will oftentimes provide ways in your life that you don't see. You're thinking, if I step over here, if I step over the edge and go into the sea, I'm done. And he just, he provides a way. I mean, I, this is no comparison. But, but, you know, when that car came to a stop, I'm like, okay, there's no way I'm making that flight. You know, and I start going through all that's going to happen from this. And what's this going to look like? I mean, but he provided a way. There are so many things in your life that God will work in this way. If you have faith and you step out in the way that he's asking you to go, he will purposely do things that you can't see. Like if you can see it and you can think it out, there's a 99% chance he's not going to do it that way. And the reason is, is because he wants you to know he's real. He purposely does this stuff. But unless you step out, you will never experience it, and so you will never believe it. It's just going to be some stories from some preacher. I'm telling you, <laughs> I've not only read this, I've walked it out. God comes through. God wants to come through in your life. Now, the book of Jonah goes on. In the next chapter, you will see Jonah just praising the Lord because God rescued him. Um, and then Jonah does what God says. He goes to Nineveh and, and he preaches. And he says, listen, if you don't turn from your ways, judgment's coming. And then you know what happened? A miracle. <laughs> These people repented. I, I mean, you know, when I think about our nation turning back to God, I mean, we talk about that. But I'll be honest, I have a hard time imagining that. I'm just like, God, things are so dark. I just can't believe that. But I'll tell you what, I've seen it in people's lives. I've seen people that I'm like, there is no way they would ever even entertain the thought of God. 
And now God is all over their lips. God is able to do it. But you know what? If you read on further, here's what you're going to find out. Jonah was mad about it. Jonah was mad about it. He didn't like it. He didn't like that God was merciful to them. Is there somebody in your life that God wants to be merciful for and you're having a hard time with that? You know, you kind of want them to get uh, some of the consequences they deserve. I want you to hear this. That's not God. And if you want that, Scripture teaches that's what I'll receive if that's what I want for others, what I deserve. And what I deserve is hell. The only reason that I'm in the kingdom is because of Jesus. And even though Jonah, again, was a prophet and spoke the word of God, he was still wrestling with that in his heart. There were certain people that he wanted them to get what was coming to them. God wants to take you to a different place. If you are to really be His, really be in His kingdom, He wants you to be in a place where you are able to share Him with anyone and there's no one that you don't want to come to Him. I got some people in my life that are working hard right now to try and make my life miserable. I mean, literally. I mean, they are going out of their way. And it's like, I'm really not that important. Why are you, why are you going out of your way so much? And, 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 but I think about it and I'm just like, oh, why would they do that? And, and I know this is what everybody says, but, but seriously, I have not gone after them in any shape or form. I've literally tried to minister to them. And I'm like, God, what's going on? But I've had to wrestle in my heart. Do I want them to come to the Lord? Am I willing, even when they slap me, to love back, to speak Jesus to them? If Jesus is going to be in the driver's seat, that's where you are going to be. I know it's comfortable. He's in the back. Hey, look, Jesus is with me. That doesn't work, okay? That, that you're going to have storms in your life because even though Jesus isn't going to force himself into the driver's seat, he's not going to be happy with it. And so he's going to create obstacles, okay? To where you're driving and you're just getting tired. You're tired of driving through the storm and you just want Jesus to take the wheel, He'll take you there, but you know what? What he's going for is that in the sunny day, you say, God, I've had the wheel before and it doesn't, it doesn't look good. You take it. I'm going to sit over here and I'm just going to let you take my life. Will you let him do that? Is it going to go the way you want? No. Is it going to go the way you want anyway? No. So just let him do it. Let Jesus have the wheel of your life. If you've never invited him into the car, Make today the day that you invite him in the car. It's not hard, okay? All you do is confess that you're a sinner. And if you want somebody to help you with that, they can. But you know what? It's not a, it's not a have to. You can do it yourself. God, God, I'm sorry. I have fought against you. Jesus, I want you to be Lord. And if you pray that prayer, here's what I want you to do, though. I want you to let me know. Because the first thing that God asks you to do is to be baptized into him. It's a demonstration of what God wants to do in your heart. You die to yourself, you go down to the water, you come back up, you're born again. Make this the day that you make that choice. I'm not going to embarrass you in front of people, but I want to help you follow the Lord. If he's in the car, put him in the driver's seat. Let him do it, okay? Quit fighting the storms. 
let him in the driver's seat. Jesus, thank you um, that we don't have to drive the car because it gets exhausting, Lord. We want you to drive it. We want to just kick back and just enjoy the ride. And we're able to do that even when storms come into our life, when we actually let you have control. Even when people come against us, we don't have to fight them because guess what? The king of kings is our daddy. And he fights our battles for us. So all we have to do is keep our eyes on you. What a way to live. But our flesh keeps pulling us away, Lord. So may we crucify it every day. May we surrender to you every day. May we let you have the wheel. In Jesus' name. Amen.